This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Candair Podcast. How about you? and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today, I tried to catch up with this guy at TorgCon. We were just at TorgCon, what, at the end of September? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I got to his table, finally, he was at the bathroom. <laughs> and, and, like- and I only had so much time to be on the floor because we were announcing and we had our own right. table to run. But his wife... Gave me one of his comics, uh, Roadkill Rampage, number one. And then uh, the guy at the table next to him, which was Sean Forney, good friend of Candair, mm-hmm. and just an all-around good guy, said, you ought to get this guy on the show. So, hey, you know, if Sean says it, yeah, it's happen. we got to do it. we got <laughs> to do legit. it. It's, it's <laughs> legit. So we welcome today uh, from Roadkill Rampage, which is uh, currently funding its second issue on Kickstarter, running until November 19th. We welcome comic creator... Rodney Fike to the show. Rodney, thank you so much for being here, man. Excellent. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to have you and uh, excited to talk about Roadkill Rampage. We got to read this book and it was a lot of fun. Big thanks uh, again to uh, you and your wife for giving that to us to check out. Um, Absolutely. I always love checking out new comics. It's always so much fun and this is uh, no exception. This was a lot of fun. But before we get to that, we're going to be talking about uh, the cars that are stars in our retro roundtable. Pretty much famous cars from throughout comics, uh, movies, television, anywhere we can think of them. We've kind of done this before. I mm-hmm. think, you know, touched on like the Batmobile and stuff in there. But I was, uh, I kind of got my next uh, level of picks to talk about. Uh, not that we can't talk about the Batmobile if that's to come <laughs> up. That's not my point. But I just want people to know I'm not bringing the same thing to the table personally. I was wondering. I was like, I think we've done this before, but that, it wasn't. We're on episode 415. We've done yeah. everything before. <laughs> we're like the Simpsons at this point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, and then after that, we're going to turn our attention over to Rodney and uh, talk about uh, everything Roadkill Rampage. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we're doing, want to show some support, head over to our website, candairpodcast.com. There are two different buttons on there, one of them being a merch uh, button that gets you T-shirts, stickers, mugs. What else, Jack? Uh, There's iPhone cases, which I think those are going to get changed out because they're like iPhone 8s. (laughs) Yeah, that shit's out of date. That's been out of date. (laughs) Yeah, now that there's the 11s and well, the 13s are out. There's still mugs, stickers, and tote bags yeah. and shirts for you, though, peoples. And that's what matters, right? <laughs> and uh, also, there's a Patreon link there, which for 5 to $10 a month, depending on what you want, there's a whole other catalog of canned air material out there for you guys to listen to. We just finished recording our latest canned air Patreon pod, and I found it to be a hell of a lot of fun. It, it was, was fun. so much fun. <laughs> we were just talking about concert experiences we've had in our past. And, um, damn. 
I can't wait to edit it. I had that much fun recording. <laughs> it was that good. So check that out. Uh, again, candarepodcast.com. And once again, don't forget to find us on evergreenpodcast.com, our, our home, our network, network we're on, yep. along with a lot of other great shows. So again, uh, evergreenpodcast.com. And I think, is there anything else am I forgetting? I think I got it. No, right? that's it. Ever since Torg's been over, there's seemed like there's something missing. That and missing Halloween, every yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> something missing, but I guess, nope. All right, that's wonderful. It. Well, then let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. <laughs> Holy impregnability! All right, cars that are stars. Jack, kick us off. My first one's a video game from back in the '80s that I totally forgot about until after Torgscon when we went to that that bar arcade. Mm-hmm. That it popped back into my life again. I haven't gone back to play it, but a uh, Spy Hunter. I know nothing. I don't. Uh, was that like a James Bond kind of a car? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it was just top down driving, and you had you know a gas and a throttle and steering, and then you had triggers because you could. For some reason, my mind went straight to uh, smoke. pinball game. It wasn't pinball, was it? That nope. was an actual nope, arcade game. Arcade, yeah. Huh. But it was hard as hell. A lot of those old arcade games are, especially the hard driving ones. You turn yeah. the wheel and you just slide all over the fucking place. You know? <laughs> But I didn't even come close to getting as far as I used to, which I was never far playing that game anyway, because, you know, it's a quarter hog, so. <laughs> yeah. That's why he never saw past Rocksteady in the Turtles arcade <laughs> yeah. game. Because by the time you got to him, you're always $5 in. Yep. Yeah, I remember. But it was fun. The music was so James Bond-esque, too. Kind of. Well, you have to have the royalty-free version. So, just change that. <laughs> just change the notes. That one <laughs> note a little bit, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Rodney. Rodney, cars that are stars, sir. I'm going to go with Kit from Knight Rider. Ooh, yeah. good choice. Good choice. <laughs> you know, back back in the time when computers were just starting to invade our homes and. And here comes a car with a computer and a brain that talked to you and you can yeah. interact with, you know, for a, a kid, 12 year old kid that was magic. So that's true. Yeah. I'm wondering as an adult, though, let's say, you know, your first car was Kit and you're like, man, you can't get rid of Kit because he's got a personality. You know, he's not just a car. He's not just a machine. Mm-hmm. There's a mind in there. Right. So not only are you stuck driving this like out of date car for years, <laughs> driving Trans Am for me. But at what point does this your privacy get encroached on? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like, want to leave him home. Exactly. Can't I just take a drive without listening to this fucker talk? <laughs> you never drive me anymore, Michael. Why don't yeah. we talk just anymore, Michael? From the garage. <laughs> there's no making out with a girlfriend in the back seat in that car either. Oh, well, my God. I never even thought about that. I was trying to think of the many ways that he would be able to encroach on your privacy. That's got to be it, right? That's it. Making out in the car. Yes. Or he doing anything else seats. in the car. Was he able to see you, though, from the inside of the car? That's what I... Well, he wouldn't have to see. He would just have to hear you. But then that oh, also... Oh, yeah, he'd be able to hear, definitely, yeah. I've noticed tension on the shocks going up and down, up and down, Michael. feel you in the car. 
<laughs> your heartbeats are fluctuating. What's All indications on? show that you're slaying ass, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, were you guys fan of the? Again. <laughs> were you guys fan of the the transforming kit car that towards the end of the series when he had like the turbo mode and like all the stuff would pop out and they you never really got to see exactly what kit looked no. like because it was I don't know that I remember that. that yeah, was it was. What do you mean you never got to see what he looked like? You mean look like a finished morph mode of what he looked like? Pretty much, yeah. There was never really, not that I can remember, there was never really a good shot of what the car looked like with all the extra parts that would pop out just to make it a little more hmm. sleek and aerodynamic. But How many uh, seasons were there of Knight Rider? I have no idea. So this was like probably like the last season, like when the A-team, like, we're getting desperate for ratings. They had to switch shit up. So like, all right, now we're working for the government instead of running from yeah, them. Change it up just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would wow, guess no, probably four seasons, maybe. With like 60 episodes a season back in the day. When <laughs> 30 episodes run, each an hour long. Yeah. No, I, I, I would have honestly thought there'd have been more, but you're probably right. Cause I don't know shit about Knight Rider other than David Hasselhoff and Kit and Mr. Feeney being the voice of said car. <laughs> but I, I remember when I was a kid, I had the Knight Rider Power Wheel mm. or Big Wheel. Is that what it was Big called? Wheels, yeah. Big Wheels. Big Wheel, yeah. Big Wheel. I had the Knight Rider Big Wheel and had just the sticker of the red light going back and forth. <laughs> what a bummer, man. When you think you're going to have a Big Wheel that's got that red light actually going back mm -hmm. and forth and it's just a fucking sticker. Well, shoot, even when I had a car Boiled that graduated, again. they had the red LED lights that you could put on your car that were supposed to swoop back and forth, but... They didn't swoosh like kits. It just went dink, dink, dink. Oh, shit. Just, I mean, it moved back and forth, but it was there still have got to cool. be some hellacious kit um, cosmetics for cars <laughs> nowadays. You would have to oh, imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you driving a kit, Rodney? Is that why you answered yes so quick? <laughs> yes, I have all of them. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if we did? You know, I think about uh, I, I Uber and DoorDash during the days and how cool if I had Kit to just be like tell him where to go and just chill in the driver's seat on my phone just like get yeah. it done get it done Kit <laughs> yeah. I've, I've kept you up to uh, getting your oil changes for years and new tires like you owe me this you dude. take care of me now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you scratch Don't my back Kit we get there. <laughs> <laughs> see what pick to go with here um 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 um, um. There was a video game back in the day, and some of you guys might remember it. I may have talked about it before. Carmageddon. Do you remember that game at all? Mm, not really. I mean, talking a long time ago, like early 2000s, maybe late 90s. And I believe it started as a PC game, but then got ported to consoles. And from what I understand, the console versions were just dog crap mm. compared to the PC version. But essentially what this game was, was an all-out demolition derby. But it was kind of like um, Mario Kart in a way. So you were in like a city setting. All the maps were different, but, you know, they were contained maps, total 3D exploration. Not like Mario Kart in, this, in the sense where you're racing on a track. Right. You were out to destroy each other. And when the race started, you would have to go as quick as you can to find the power-up weapons to take other people right. out. Like there was a box that had a spring on it with a number three on it, like spring to the third power. <laughs> and when you would get it, whenever you were in the vicinity of an uh, enemy car, 
you would hit a button and that spring would just launch them off in whatever direction they were from you. It was so fun. There was another one that had like a bomb on it with the to the third power. And you could then like, your car would like fart bombs out and it would make the noise every time it did. But the best thing about this game for me was the detail to destruction of each car. Mm. Like it wasn't just like... Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you shoot it. It's like one health bar going down. Like you could have your front end taken out and the back's still gone. Or, you oh, know, okay. Like, yeah. It's like, it could be like, okay, your axle's about to go or your trans, your engine's overheat. You know, there was a whole bunch of things. You had a whole diagram of the car you were looking at, seeing what the fuck and was going on. Certain parts would get damaged depending on how hit they were. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was so much fun. I just remember having a blast with that game. And it got crazy, too, because, like, the last level was, like, a big UFO with aliens and shit. And you had to, like, <laughs> run as many aliens over as you could and while taking out the other enemy, like, other derby players. It was just fucking crazy. But it was a blast. <laughs> That's like, uh, what, Twisted Metal was another picture of mine. Very much in that, uh, yeah, very much in that aspect. Just not as successful. <laughs> <laughs> that game was fun. They had a, what, two or three of those, I think, versions of it. Quite a bit. I'm. So, I feel like aren't they still not are they not making them still? Or uh, as far <laughs> I haven't seen them in years. Not since PlayStation. What probably two? Two. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah those were fun the games. Ice cream truck. Yeah, I hated that one. He was like the he mascot car though, yeah, though of yeah. that of that series, wasn't he? Mine was the Spectre, the spy car, pretty much. <laughs> There was a, a game on Dreamcast, that flash in the pan system, and I'm sure it was probably on other consoles. It was like Rush 4099 or something like that, 2099, something like that. That sounds very familiar, yeah. But it was very much the same thing. It was a demo derby, but it was kind of like you were in like a great big battle bots arena where like shit would pop up out of the ground and fuck you up. And like you could, there were turrets that you, like if you ran over it, it would like for a certain amount of time target the other players mm. and. It was fun. Like, we played the hell out of it. You know, as short-lived as that Dreamcast was, a lot of a game, a lot of gameplay came out of that thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta get mine cleaned up and see if it's Maybe works. it wasn't such a failure after all. <laughs> hmm. All right. That brings us back to you, Jack. One from a movie by Stephen King called Christine. I was wondering if that was going to come up, and I've never seen Christine. Have you, have you uh, Rodney, seen Christine? Yes, I have. So you guys then can both tell me the premise to this movie. Was the car actually alive? Yes. yes well, it was haunted or demonized, the, the wasn't it? Possessed or whatever yeah. you want. Where, and throughout the movie, it You can starts, spoil it for me. Just lay it on me. Like, how's this car get... It starts changing and becoming more creepy, well, I did, guess. But did At somebody, movie, like, put a spell on it or something? Or, like, why was this car possessed? That I don't remember. It's been... I've seen it one time, and it was a long time ago. Because of Satan? Well, I think it was... Um, it, it just created an attachment with the main character, the driver, who yeah. was kind of a dweeb himself. He was picked on, but he was picked on in front of the car, so the car, I guess, kind of bonded with him. Oh, okay. Um, because he would get in the car after he'd been picked on, and you know, kind of sulk in the car. So I guess the car kind of created a a bond with it, and uh, it started upgrading hmm. itself. And as it upgraded, he got more confident. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because he'd start wearing a leather serpent. jacket and looking cool yeah. and have an attitude. Yeah, more sure of himself. Grew together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I guess they're supposed to be redoing that movie, rebooting it. I have no yeah, doubt. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. That, it's not a big surprise, but no, it'll probably I, be. A, 
Camaro or something like that instead of 57 Chevy, I think that it was. So this is probably like a, yeah, you're right. <laughs> kind of like the way they made uh, Kit a Mustang when he came back. Or yeah, or something, it was something like when that. When they did that reboot. but Tried to reboot him. Would you guys say, and this, again, this is probably a stupid question because, again, this is Stephen King we're talking about, but would you say that watching the original Christine now would be beneficial to me or is it just, uh, is it like too dated? Should I wait for that? I think it'd be too dated. Really? Um, what about you, Rodney? I'm, I'm going to agree, and here's why. <laughs> uh, Tina was watching. Uh, I was down here in the studio working, and she was upstairs, and she was watching. She had Carrie on the TV. Oh, yeah. And it was the end of the night, so I lay down and started watching it with her. And the, the pivotal scene where everything happens, when I'm laying there and I'm watching it, I'm going, I guess this was probably scary in 79 <laughs> but it's really lame now mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but what made it lame was it just like the special effects coming from 1979 no it was just that the the climax of the movie was just her standing there with her eyes bulging out and her veins in her neck as she was telekinetically moving things and and pulling things down on people and the acting was so bad um, <laughs> that you've, you've, you found yourself watching the people in the crowd as they just try to look like they're you going know, frantic. Yeah. Yeah. Going frantic and like moving off camera, left off camera, right. And then waiting to see him reappear doing this <laughs> because what was going on in front of the camera was just so terrible. Um, yeah. Mm. And it was just, uh, you know, just low budget, all, you know, how all those early Stephen King movies were. Mm-hmm. Did they remake that one? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, they what's did. What's her name? The plays Hit Girl was Carrie. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. that was it. And oh. you know, uh, comparing the two scenes, I prefer the original. Really? I, I know what you're talking about, Rodney. I know exactly what you are talking about, and you're exactly right. But there's something in that uh, that just big bug-eyed, like frozen reaction that kind of brings it home more for me. Yeah. I don't. I just can never see what what's Hit Girl's real name? Chloe. Chloe something. Something. Yeah. I I just can't see a school full of people thinking Chloe something is something to uh, make fun of or right. bash That's the other or thing pick too. on. Yeah. She's too. Yeah. She's freakishly beautiful. Yeah. And this other girl, I could see that with. You get someone that's not kind that of dumpy, not, it's easier to pick on someone. I yeah, guess. I don't want to say she was it. ugly, but she was no hit girl. <laughs> No hit right. Yeah, she was she was uh, eccentric looking. We'll call it. Yes, I want to say that she did a she and was it her mother in that movie did a very very good job of playing that eccentricity up. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I think they both kind of did the mother more so than the than the yeah. daughter. I haven't seen that in a minute. It's been a long time. I need to watch that film again, and I now need that's... to see Christine for the first time. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Christine in probably 20 years i remember a few of those first cons that you and i were looking at going with when we first started this show uh had the car what was that one in dayton that con we were going to do i can't remember they were supposed to have the christine car there was that the the one that we ended up not going to which turned the, into yeah the con that like fiasco. where the ground fell out b- beneath it you yeah. know <laughs> the whole con like fell apart yeah you know? at the end just a week before the show yeah yeah that's right he was the, the car was supposed to be there I don't think it was the actual monster car from the end of the movie. I think it was just how it started out looking. It was. It was yeah. like its original. Yeah. 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 All right. Very good. That brings us back around to Rodney. 
Okay, so I'm, it's a car from a movie. Is that what we're doing now? Or TV or comic or video game, anything, really. Okay. Um, I wasn't really a big gamer. Back in the day, I was. I, I played video games at the arcade. I had went to the arcade. Mm. I never had a home console. Um, so I'm going to go back to the movies, and I'm going to say, and there's a reason, because this is, this is the movie that kind of was a big influence for Roadkill Rampage. It's a movie called Dirty Mary Crazy Larry, starring Peter Fonda. And uh, I can't think of the girl's name, but it was just one of those old grindhouse movies where he was just a hood, you know, with his long hair and his sideburns. And he was in the country. He did something to piss the cops off. So it was just a chase movie from that point on. And he had a lime green uh, roadrunner. And uh, he just ran from the cops all over the country, all over the country roads and stuff. Seems and, like not very discreet car to be running from the yeah, really. and lime green. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the 70s, so <laughs> not a lot of hate. Fair enough. Touche, Rodney. Big was chasing him in the helicopter, um, uh. which I thought was kind of prophetic. <laughs> since I hadn't seen the movie since I was about 12 or 13 years old, and I go back and I look at it and go, oh, Vic Morrow's the one in the helicopter? Nice. <laughs> What is it about a we good chase that movie? Turned out. <laughs> right. <laughs> My favorite chase movie is the Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. Smoking the Bandit. Smoking yeah. the Bandit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's so good. You know, one that I was completely disappointed by was Bullet. Bullet? I heard for years, years and years how awesome that chase scene was in that movie, and I finally watched it. It's probably seven or eight years ago, and I was like, "Really? This is? I guess in '68." This was considered badass. Yeah. <laughs> this is really weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, some of the uh, Mission Impossible movies deliver some pretty uh, intense chase scenes. But what's awesome, I, I think it was Mission Impossible. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but past that is like they just keep going on and on and on. They don't last like a quick five minutes and go on. It's like 20 minutes later and you're still watching the chase <laughs> scene in the cars and shit. And I think it I tell was you. That. A really good chase scene that lasted a while, but it was intense as hell. Was the um, Jason Bourne movie with Jeremy Renner in it? Where that, he's man, running. I've he, always wanted to get somebody's testimonial who's seen that. Is that good? Yeah, that is surprisingly really good. Um, Keith Urban is the guy that he's running from in that chase scene. Oh wow, you and lost me. That so is quick. just. <laughs> I mean, that is just <laughs> worth the price of admission. Just that chase scene alone is just it just punches you in the mouth and, and then punches you in the mouth again before you get a chance to recover and it's really it's, it puts you on the edge of your seat and it's yeah it's it's amazing you see you say like keith urban like the country singer keith urban no i meant carl urban carl yeah <laughs> say bones you know judge dread yeah oh i was like, what i knew who he was talking about and i wasn't sure to take that as good with being lost here like oh, he said you lost me i'm in well, he said, "Let me." Well, doesn't Keith Urban? Uh, that is a country singer. Yeah. Wasn't he uh, was, who was with Nicole Kidman? Yes. Doesn't he have like the yes. like those Kevin Sorbo hair? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's one of the guests on he's the gorgeous. judges on American Idol. <laughs> American Idol, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I how did that get under my radar? Keith Urban, <laughs> European and Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I was liked in the old. Uh, chase movies and car stuff going in all the old 
car chase movies is the added sound effects. Like if they're chasing on dirt road and you hear tires squealing, <laughs> no tires squealing. Like when they, if they, oh, like when coming they around fuck the corner, up the sound effects. Yeah. Like yeah. you just totally hear, you're like, they're on dirt. That doesn't make sounds like that. <laughs> I think that, that would be my dream job is putting sound to movies and stuff. You ever, have you ever <laughs> seen the people that do that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, there was a documentary on, uh, I think it was like they did like maybe Sunday morning years ago, did a piece on like one of the most famous guys who does that. But he just has a big warehouse full of different things that make different noises. Yep. He had, there was this one table that he had, like he picked up at a garage sale he'd used for years. He'd just lean against it and kind of like move it to the right or left and do that perfect. Oh, the creek. Like a door opening yeah. and shit, you know? Aren't but, they um, called just, artists? What's that? Foley artists, isn't that what they're called? I have no idea. Is it? I, yeah, I think that's what they're what they're what they're called. Ooh, now I know what the profession's called. Now I can seek it out. I was watching Looney Tunes last night, and that all that all that stuff was going through my head, sitting there watching and hearing horns honk and beeps and stuff in the background. I'm like, that's just oh, yeah. guys sitting there making playing with springs yep. and stuff in the background. I was just watching uh, on YouTube. It just came up on my feed from the. It was like 1940s warner brothers cartoon it was like uh informational like it was on the army like showing how the army works day to day like from the time they get up and their daily <laughs> routines but it was like at one point the camera pans over and goes and here comes the camouflage infantry and it's just a bunch of floating guns <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny it's like I, I just i love that these old uh mel blank things can still put me on my ass yeah, like that's the same i had the same thing last night yeah. i was cracking up at stuff and i'm oh. like good god this stuff still holds up yeah yeah it's it time it really is mm-hmm. that's the truth all right so where are we at here 27 is there any other picks that anyone had to get off their chest before we moved on batmobile but <laughs> I was I was gonna say the Grand Trainer from Starsky Nutch. Ooh, Ooh that car's nice. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a car you can ride around. That that's a car that's kind of like Coca Cola. It doesn't matter what era or time you're <laughs> yeah. in. It's like yep. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It like it. It's just awesome, you know. And the that funny was... thing is, is like nowadays, every once in a blue moon, I'll see one drive down the street. And I'm seven years old again, and I am totally transfixed. I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell's wrong with me. <laughs> like, what? Like this Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> You're old. Shut up. <laughs> I get it, man. I saw the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile once. It changed my fucking life. It blew my mind. Blew my mind. All righty. Well, with that all behind us, that was a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. Had some good picks there. Let's jump to a quick commercial. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Rodney about Roadkill Rampage. So stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back from commercial. And Rodney, I want to thank you once again for taking time to be here with us tonight. Been a lot of fun so far, and I'm very excited to hear more about uh, not only your comic, but uh, the Kickstarter for issue two. 
uh, which again is running until November 19th. So um, like I kind of said at the top of this episode, I stopped by the table to meet you and you weren't there and I had to get back to our booth, but uh, your wife passed on the comic and uh, we've all kind of passed it around like a cheap whore around this <laughs> comic uh, <laughs> podcasting room and uh, we've all rather enjoyed it. Uh, it's very... Uh, it's it's different in a way and not a bad way but um i don't i guess i don't even have words for it i i just loved uh, uh, see now i just want to kind of divulge and this is the problem when i read too much of the people's stuff is i just want to sit there and say Talk everything about, about everything it that yeah happens, yep. <laughs> let's just start by talking about yourself rodney how did you get into comics and uh, how long have you been doing this i got into comics um, back in the nineties, um, me and my friends from high school got together in art class in high school and created a group of superheroes called the superior seven. And we all graduated from high school and the artist and myself, uh, Dion knuckles, we went to the, we went to the same school together, uh, art school here in Cincinnati. And our one friend, Chris, he went into the Marine Corps. And, uh, so I just kind of kept everything together and, uh, when he got out of the Marine Corps, we all got back together. And during that time, I had written uh, the the uh, five-issue saga that was the five issues that we printed. Um, and uh, so we, we did that. We were uh, in Diamond, internationally distributed. Nice. Um, before, before the Internet. Yeah. That's, that. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? That's, that's yeah. some big shit right there. Mm-hmm. That really is. Yeah. That really and, is. Uh, we've got, I've, I've got a box of fan mail from all over the world i have fan mail from five different continents wow so uh, it's uh it's kind of like my little flag of yes we did this before the internet so <laughs> when people talk about getting in diamond now i'm like whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> my grandma's that. in diamond get out of here <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we did that that ran its course uh we we actually produced about seven and a half Probably no eight eight issues, but five of them only saw prints. Uh, we just had the the age old issue that all independent companies have is losing an artist, replacing an artist, losing an artist, replacing. Sure. So we got into coloring because we could control that, and uh, we did that for about eight years. Um, fast forward a little bit, everybody did the adult thing, got married, had kids, moved away, blah blah blah. Uh, and I got the d- dreaded day job and uh, ended up blowing out my back at Ooh. work. And uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I wasn't able to do anything. So I started drawing again and um, hanging out online, which is where I met my, my wife. And we got to know each other over the course of about a year and a half. And then we started getting together and seeing each other. And um, one thing led to another. We started dating, and we found found it has in productions, and started with peanut pudding and jelly uh, in 2009. Uh, we did six issues of that, actually seven, but six of seen print, and uh, we did uh, a one shot horror story called Unchained, and then we jumped into doing Pitter Patter, which is also kind of a all ages book, and then I. Uh, I was kind of getting pigeonholed into all oh, that's the guy that does all the kids stuff. Hmm. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to branch out of that because I felt that I had more to offer. So I wanted to, to been a big fan of horror for a long time. So 
I got this idea for Roadkill Rampage, and uh, I wrote down the, the basic plot of the story, um, and it sat on the shelf for about a year and a half until we found an artist. I had somebody in mind, but they their, their style was too cartoony, so we just kind of you know let it sit on the shelf, and then yeah, this is a year a later, premise that no, yeah. that that would benefit <laughs> from cartoony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we uh, we had a we have a, a, a group here in Cincinnati called the Cincinnati Comic Creators Club that we founded. And one one week we met Eamon Hill. He showed up at the at the at the thing, and over the course of about six months, we got to know each other. And, and uh, I I talked to Tina one night after the meeting. And I said, "What do you think about asking Eamon?" to draw it and she's like I don't know, you can't hurt asking so the next next month I started talking to him about it and uh, he was all he was all gung-ho he had one question because I, I was explaining to him the pivotal scene in issue one and he said well how do you how do you plan on doing that what's going to be your approach and I said well I'm a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock um, and his approach his uh, less is more approach to mm -hmm. the violence and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> so, wow, that's all it took. Yeah, because it, it, kids are exposed to so much these days. And when I say kids, I mean everybody. Yeah. You know, you don't, to, to not see it, to imply it, um, leaves it up to your imagination to create what happens. And your, in my opinion, your imagination is a lot scarier Always. than any picture you can see. Yeah, sure. So. But Alfred Hitchcock has been gone for two generations, and you know a lot of people have forgotten about that approach. But I, I've always enjoyed that approach. Um, it makes so that's, sense, yeah, yeah. Um, and with 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 the book, I mean, it's it's just it's a it's a combination of my love for old grindhouse type movies, uh, old seventies uh, and early eighties horror movies. Um, cause if you notice throughout the issue, there's no indication of the time period, mm -hmm. um, right. but there are no cell phones. There are no digital displays. There are no anything like that. So, and that was kind of on purpose. I wanted to kind of be timeless, but you kind of knew she wasn't going to be able to pick up a cell phone and call for help. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. It, and, and, uh, I think, I think we did a pretty good job with the, uh, the grindhouse look, the grindhouse feel, and it's carried over to issue two yeah, as well. Damn good job, I would say. When you mentioned that earlier, talking about watching grindhouse movies, then it kind of dawned on me the correlation to the book. I was like, well, that makes total sense. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. just stuff that I don't even remember the names to the movies that I saw as a kid on Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons after the cartoons were done playing and Stuff that you'd go to the movie theater and they would be running before King Kong or Herbie and the Love Bug. And, yeah. <laughs> <stuff like> <laughs> yeah. So, so for listeners, okay, we're all sitting here talking about you know, obviously you're the creator. We've both read it. We have an, an understanding of it. But for those listening who don't have any clue as to what Roadkill Rampage is, how would you describe it to them? I would describe it as a good intention going horribly wrong <laughs> because the, the the intent was to go for a nice drive on a beautiful sunny day into the forest mm -hmm. um and it just goes sideways from there 
<laughs> so very sideways. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it becomes uh it 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 uh it devolves into a uh uh, a deeper, darker horror story um, as she becomes alone and she's in the forest at night by herself and notices something following her, a dark, evil presence. She has no idea what it is, only that it's after her, but she knows it's evil. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to figure that out. She comes in issue two. She comes across an injured dog because she's trying to find her way home. So her being an animal lover that she is, uh, she takes it straight and gets some help and stumbles across an old veterinarian's house deep in the woods. Um, so she goes up there and she's talking to the veterinarian and he tells her um, about all the strange things that the animals in the area have been doing here lately. So Tess being a, a young girl in a horror movie does what, or horror story does what every young girl in a horror story does. <laughs> She goes back to the scene of the crime where she <laughs> finds the dog and uh, starts poking her nose where it doesn't belong and she kicks a hornet's nest. <laughs> when she does that, she realizes that evil comes in many forms in the deep, dark forest. So, yeah, then it, it becomes a story of uh, whether or not she can prevail and escape the deep, dark evil that's following that's her. Of a good tagline right there in itself. Mm-hmm. Many evils come from the deep dark forest. You should <laughs> you should uh, really put that on a t-shirt, Rodney. I dig well, that. I've got a I've got a, a good tagline for issue three. This issue the script for issue three is done, and I'm actually working on the script for issue four. But uh, there is a scene in issue three that says, uh, "We can't go in the woods. There are things in the woods." There's <laughs> definitely are. I don't have it with me. I don't have it handy. Or, I don't know. It's funny, but when I was writing it, I wrote it and I sat back and I looked at it and it goes, that should be like on the back of this sheet too. That's a really good tab on it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just, it just evolves into uh chaotic, uh, us watching her, you know, trying to get, get away. <laughs> Wow. And all of the all of the evil uh, and all the different forms that the evil comes in. So, so do you like have a set number of these you're going to do, or are you seeing this as an ongoing series? Yes, <laughs> okay. um, it really depends. I mean, it, honestly, it this was initially just a one shot, but as we did it and we we got the pages back from Eamon, it just it grew in my, in my head. It just the characters talked to me. Uh, constantly so they just kept talking to me and a whole story arc opened up for issue two and so it's a it's slated for a four issue series a four issue miniseries that's what i'm writing now so i'm writing issue four it's the final issue that's not to say that if you know i mean issue two funded in 24 hours uh, no, we I just do. broke the three thousand dollar mark today on it with uh nine or ten days to go yeah, you guys so are doing it, fantastic congratulations you know, to you too thank you so much i appreciate that if it if it keeps building you know um then yes um we will we would probably keep going but as of right now um it's slated for four issues so there's sure. a beginning a middle and an end and those will uh all compress nicely into a very nice graphic novel yeah Yes, a nice trade paperback, yes. Yeah, very nice, man. That's exciting. So for those people who 
do get on your Kickstarter uh, again until November 19th. I like to always remind people of that. Uh, to to back issue number two, what kind of rewards are they uh, going to get? Well, let's see. We have uh, we have variant covers from Sean Forney. Oh, hey. Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Raise the roof. Sean and Stephanie are very good friends of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. So Sean comes through again with a with an awesome pinup, and we have uh, a friend of ours who is from Toronto, Canada, who does he's he's big time. I call him big time in the Marvel sketch cards world. Andre Ausch. Mm. Uh, this is actually his first variant cover he's ever done. So we asked him to do a variant cover because um, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, nice. So then we're gonna have Sean Langley's. Uh, who is the artist for issue two? He's I call it the alpha cover, and then Steph Wilson. We got Steph Wilson to do a uh, a naughty version and a nice version of of Tess um, bent over there next to the car with all the little woodland creatures around her. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so those are all offered um, uh, hollow foil versions. Uh, there's virgin virgin uh, versions with no type trace or any of that stuff on there. And then we're also offering uh, mini prints of the covers. We have a metal trading card set of all the bad guys from issue one, and uh, our our one stretch goal, which is at thirty two fifty, is the metal sketch card of Tess, which would be all of them. So you get the six bad guys, um, which th- that's already I believe that's already been unlocked. And, the, or, the no, they're, are they're, they're, those are add-ons. Yeah, Tess is the chase card. I'm sorry. So yeah, so, so we got some awesome metal metal trading cards there. And what else? We have uh, we have blanks uh, for that I can do commissions on myself or whoever you'd like to do a commission on there. So it's the Rogue Kill Rampage logo on there. It's a sketch cover. What else? We have uh, commissions. I believe there's one commission left uh, for for me. For seventy-five bucks, it's a six by nine. There's two for Sean, and there are two available for Sean. So that's a pretty good price. Full color six by nine piece for seventy-five dollars is a really good price. I would say Um, so. A lot of good stuff to get. Yeah, and then uh, are we loading uh, more original pages, baby? There's there's an original page tier up. Okay, there there is original page tier up. And you can uh, request original art as well for for issue two. So yes, um, oh, this, yeah. So there's all kind of good stuff. There's uh, we got the hollow foil sticker. Um, I know I'm forgetting this stuff. We always do in these moments. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. We don't. We, we didn't do a bookmark this time. You said um, like metal trading cards, though, like cards that are actually like me- like hard metal. Yes. Very yeah, of the five bad guys from from the issue. Um, and that's an add-on. And then, yeah, those are add-ons. And so, then Tess, is, Tess, is the chase and then Tess is the chase card at the stretch goal of thirty-two fifty. If we get to thirty-two fifty, everybody, everybody will get a Tess chase card. Well, looking at your guys's uh, progress thus far, it looks like there's a good chance of that happening. You guys' Kickstarter has really taken <laughs> off and done really well. So, just again, huge congrats to you guys. And I want to, again, remind people to check that out on Kickstarter, Roadkill Rampage. 
We're going to have links on our uh, social media, Facebook uh, website, all mm-hmm. the all of our places that be to help link people over. And I know Rodney, your social media handles are uh, at Rodney underscore Fike. That's F Y K E. Is there anywhere else people should be checking you out other than the Kickstarter and your social media? Instagram, like you said, Rodney underscore Fike. Mm-hmm. Instagram, uh, Rodney Fike Art on Facebook. We do the Thursday night throwdown or Friday night draw. Uh, myself and Sean Forney every Thursday and Friday night at eight o'clock Eastern. Thursday nights we're on all of my social platforms. Friday night we're on all of Sean's platforms. Um, Rodney Fike Art on Twitch and the Hasm uh, Hasm YouTube channel and Hasm.com is our website where you can go and look at all the books and list of all the creators and stuff and check out all of that fun stuff on Hasm.com wonderful Sweet. yeah i'll put the link to that on there too i need to check that out i didn't realize that hasm was something you guys had created yeah that's the uh that's the name of the company um and real quick it's uh the name hasm comes from my brother i have an older brother that's mentally disabled so he he has his isms that he's always said and one of them is always has always been don't have a hasm or have a hasm and what that means is to just relax and chill out take a break take a breath yeah so I, I've always thought that when I sit down to read comics, you know, whether you're sitting on a couch or you're laying on the bedroom floor um, with your stack of comics for the week, you're having a hazard. You're just relaxing and you're checking it out. So when we started forming the company, I was like, we got a name in Hazel. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good name. It really is. It it's is, not yeah. like you're just trying to make something work because he came up with it. It's a great name. That's, that's amazing. Right. I'll put that on there too. Hasm.com, you said. Yep. Wonderful. Rodney, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be here. And I also want to thank your uh, wife, Tina. She has just been a jack of all trades and very helpful (laughs) through all. She is faster. (laughs) Got us up and running tonight. (laughs) Well, she even gave us this book here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, So big thanks uh, to you both uh, for being here. And just, again, huge congratulations to you on your success. Uh, It's no surprise, though, as to why people would want to back this. It's it's a lot of fun. It was a great read, and I can't wait to see issues uh, two, three, and four. So looking forward to it, Rodney. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to Candy Air Podcast. Dot com. That's the I one. <laughs> That's the one. You can check out the show, see who's been on the show, find out how to get a hold of people that have been on the show. I guess to an extent, maybe not the celebrities. You won't be able to get a hold no, of them. No, you can't get a hold of them. You get you do your own <laughs> damn research, people. Uh, become a patron, buy some merch, see some of our videos from our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contact page. There we go. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show a little support, again, those merch buttons on uh, the merch button and the Patreon button on the website Jack was just talking about, CannedAirPodcast.com. All kinds of ways on there, either through uh, merch you can wear or rep or just extra content you want to listen to, ways you can support us there. And if you don't have the money to support us, then just drop us a review on uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on. It helps so much more than you realize, and we appreciate it more than you realize. We'll see it, too. We'll see it. We'll see it. We'll see it. We're not just saying that. It really does help. The more of those we get, the more likely than iTunes, say, is going to put us on, like, noteworthy lists to get us back under people's noses. You know what I mean? So 
it does help it does help but all right i think that's gonna do it for this week so until next time i am jeremy collie and i am jack doherty and robbie Fike. thanks so much for listening everyone and be excellent to each other are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Oh. This has been a Candare production. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.